a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Matt and Liz, and we are here to talk about the first two episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3. So, um, first of all, I just want to note that if there's anyone out there who is listening to this podcast who didn't watch The Book of Boba Fett, you will be totally lost with The Mandalorian if you didn't watch The Book of Boba Fett. They did not recap the events of The Book of Boba Fett at all. He gets name-checked in Episode 2 for about one second, but... (laughs) But you don't know how Grogu is back with Mando, or how Mando has a, a prequels era ship now. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that that you really need to know. So just in case this is a PSA for someone who decided to skip the book of Boba Fett, just watch the last like three episodes. I think it is, which are the Mandalorian ones. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Public service announcement over. Uh, Liz, what did you think of these first two episodes? Um, I, I, I guess in general, I enjoyed them. I'm going to say the, the first episode, as I was watching it, I was like, mm, this feels like it is, um, 100% I, I recap? This, what was that? 100% recap. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, where's this going? It doesn't feel like a complete story. Um, but then when it was over, I was like, oh, now I'm disappointed. It's over. It was also very short. Yes. Um, so I, I guess there's that. And then in hindsight, I guess I did enjoy it since I felt that way. Um, and then the second episode I felt was. I enjoyed, but I also felt was oddly, it felt dark um, in a way I didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, what about you? I I enjoyed them as well. It is wild to see the uh, budget upgrades mm. between the seasons. Um, everything is very crisp CGI. Lots of Muppets around. Lots of explosions really nice um and i forget what i was gonna say oh um i don't i don't want to malign amy sedaris at all but (laughs) who does she have blackmail material on considering she is apparently the linchpin of this um these arcs she's brings together everything somehow um i thought it was a like a ha-ha walk-on role but no, they, we apparently have centered the universe on her. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, look, I am never. As I wrote for Multiversity last week, I will never be mad at Amy Sedaris showing up in Star Wars. It's just like it is one of those sentences that if you had told me that in 1998 when I was watching Strangers with Candy and and counting the days till Episode One opened a year later, I would never have believed you. That just seems mm-hmm. like a crazy person's thing to say. Um, yeah. But here we are, and she is an important part of Star Wars. But yeah. as you watch the like the opening of uh, A New Hope, you're like, oh, that droid's going to end up in the hands of Amy Sedaris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will um, I will watch Grogu in the arms of Amy Sedaris all the time, though. Yes. Aww. Absolutely. So, yeah, I do want to talk about the first episode as just a really, really recappy episode, and yet it didn't recap the stuff we needed it to. (laughs) I didn't realize that it didn't go back and talk about the Book of Boba Fett. Also, in watching the episode, I realized I forgot that season two was its own thing. I just assumed season one and two were just season one, and I'd forgotten season two. Oh, okay. Um, 
yeah, like season two introduced Ahsoka, and we mm-hmm. had um, Bo-Katan. You know, it was very much the Rebels, yeah. uh, Clone Wars uh, influence popping yeah. up here. Um, yeah. I but- thought, like, the fight with Gus was in season one, but it wasn't. <laughs> I like how we just canonically refer to anyone that is played by uh, – um, Oh, I'm blanking on his name now. He's an excellent actor. He played uh, he's played he played Gus Fring in Breaking Bad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Also played Bugging Out in Do the Right Thing. If anyone's ever seen Do the Right Thing. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, what's wrong with you? Go watch Do the Right Thing right now. Um <laughs> uh, fuck. Giancarlo Esposito. It's er, er, there yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, had to get it out. It was just rattling around in my brain like a pinball. Um but yes, I like how we canonically refer to him as just Gus. <laughs> That's good. Um but yeah, so the the, fir- the episode began with what I thought was going to be a flashback to when Din was becoming a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Me too. Which, which that was, was a good fake out. That was a very good fake out. Yes. Yeah, I th- thought that was nice. Um, I thought it did as good a job as anything since the first season of showing, like, basically why Din would want to be a part of this group because we see pretty early on in this in this season but also we've seen it throughout the whole series is that this is a fringe cultish mandalorian sect mm-hmm. and they are as uh, unforgiving with change and adaptation as anyone could possibly be and we've seen you know whether it's through Bo-Katan or just through other people that Din has come into contact with we have seen better paths for him rather than go back to these people. I mean, going back to season one, there's that episode where he meets Cara Dune, um, who, by the way, died on the way back to her home planet, according to this episode. Um, <laughs> much like Poochie before her. Um, Real mash uh, yeah. <laughs> outro. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, remember that she, he's, like, protecting that woman and her child, and mm-hmm. the woman is clearly into him, and, like, Karajun even says, like, you should just settle down here and stay with her and just be happy, and he can't do that. And then in this episode, we see uh, Grief Karga, a.k.a. Apollo, uh, Apollo Creed, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Um, why am I, Why is my brain Carl Weathers? I love Carl Weathers. Yeah. Why wouldn't I know his name? Um, <laughs> but, like, we see you him got off. got yourself a soup. Exactly, yeah. We see him. Uh, I believe it's a stew, sir. A stew. Thank I apologize. Um, Get it right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, we see him offer Din like a, a tract of land to live there. We see Bo-Katan kind of last season, like come with me. We see all these options that are infinitely better than joining this radical group again. But in this first scene, we see how much they take care of their own, and we see like. You know, as soon as that thing appears, they get the younglings out of there, and they, they really – it appears that they are really trying to protect their own people. And so it's, it was the first time since they protected him when he steals Grogu in episode, like, two or three of the first season that you get any sense for why somebody would want to be one of those Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Because really, think, it seems like it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that brings in the question I've been having, and I wanted to ask the two of you as literary people. The episode title is The Apostate. Yes. So the question is, who is that referring to? Is it their view of Din? Is it Grogu and the Jedi Order? Or is it Bo-Katan? I read it as their view of Din. But I think all of those are valid interpretations. That's what I found. I was like, oh, 
Because he clearly hasn't turned his back on this cult that was too extreme for Death Watch. Right, but they seem to think he did. Yes, because he took his mask off. Right. Yeah. Liz, what do you think? And and he's desperate to prove to them his worth, um, willing to put his life and Grogu's at risk to do it, which is interesting. Yeah, I want to hear the real literary person's take on this, though. Um, yeah, I I honestly assumed it was Din as well. Um, it was referring to Din. Um, and uh, yeah, it seems like, you know, he really... His driving force is to rejoin and prove himself to this group. Um, and I, I don't know if it comes back to our human desire to belong and i know you know brian mentioned in the beginning and i think it sounds like we were all fooled that we thought this was a young din um and this idea of being protected by a group and maybe becoming part of you know this family um which is what is driving him to want to come back into the fold for lack of a better word um and he seems like a very loyal person even just how he is bringing grogu now into um into the fold and training him um to be a mandalorian as well i want to talk about grogu as a mandalorian later in this episode uh, because i do Mm -hmm. think that there's some interesting things about that um but i i do want to just mention we joked about it but uh, basically grief cargo says cara dune died or not died she says she she was recruited by by special forces or whatever so she's not around anymore um we're never gonna see her again right no okay i don't think so um i i one of the reasons that this episode bummed me out is that i felt like there were so many things in this episode that were callbacks to other star wars stuff but it really didn't have a purpose like for instance there was really no reason to have Babu Frick from episode nine, episode nine <laughs> show up. Like, I know that he's a good mechanic or whatever the fuck, but like, there's no reason for that. Absolutely yeah. zero. Um, well, I I did enjoy seeing Grogu holding. Yes, I mean that mm-hmm. Babu Frick, and then I'm sure yeah. telling him yeah. not. To. I like Car Weathers yelling through a hole. That was yeah. also yeah. great. That was also great. That reminded me of. Um, Fraggle Rock, very much. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so I appreciate any allusion to Fraggle Rock that I will yeah. get. But like, it just felt like that was there was really no reason for it. I don't think it it is the greatest writing in the world to have uh, Din only trust one droid in the history of the world. So they have to resurrect IG Eleven, and if it was yeah. that easy to resurrect them, why didn't they just do that in the first place? Um, but also. The- is an assassin droid that was only loyal to you for 30 seconds. <laughs> right, exactly. Because his brain was hacked by um, the little guy who rides the mo- pig monsters. I don't I know anybody's spoken. name. I, I, I've spoken, right? Isn't that what he was <laughs> yeah, said? Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> it was like... Yeah. But also it shows that he has literally nobody. Yes. I agree with he, that. There is no one in this world for him, um, which is sad um and he continues to turn down the help of the few people that are actually there for him yeah and the only i think the only reason he trusts um the ig droid is because he's not a human he can be himself with him um as they explained in the end of season one right 
it which is again just very complicated and sad yes it is um i also wanted to mention uh, i don't know if liz has seen these creatures in rebels yet but we see the pergil the the, I, hyper, mm, the hyperspace whales that was great both as just a callback and probably a foreshadowing yes yes which uh, awesome Yes, uh, that was my favorite part of the episode. I literally pumped my fist in the air when I saw them because mm-hmm. I'm a child yeah. who reacts that way to things. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the only reason they had that space bubble that they then took out of the ship after putting it in the ship? Was for that one scene? No, I think that was just that was supposed to be where like Grogu sat, but then when they added a droid, they had to get rid of that. Yeah, Which he's is... like, oh, I'm just gonna sit in my lap anyway. It's like, yeah, exactly. okay, whatever, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like a bad plan, but whatever. <laughs> um. <laughs> So I do want to talk about Bo-Katan both in the first and second episodes here. Mm-hmm. Bo-Katan is obviously a, a, a very, very sad uh, a very, very sad character right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, I want you to talk about Bo-Katan because you, you have the most Clone Wars knowledge of any of us. Yeah, but, so what, what I think makes Bo-Katan extremely tragic... Um, is she is trying desperately to fill the role that her sister filled. And her sister seemed to be the only person that could. Um, Just for anybody who hasn't the super Clone Wars knowledge, we see Mandalore. Mandalore was not a green and verdant planet when we met it. Um, It was a destroyed planet with only small bubbles of cities because the Mandalorians had fought each other to almost near annihilation. Um, Bo-Katan's sister, Satine, was able to bring them together and have them agree to a pact of pacifism and expelled the warlike um, Death Watch, who we now see born into the Mandalorians that Din is part of, and formerly Bo-Katan was part of, um, expelled. We see Satine try to do her best to hold everything together, gets undermined, um, by the Empire and ultimately Darth Maul. Um, so she fails due to external influences, um, where Bo-Katan tries to bring everyone together under the Darksaber, under the Royal Lord, under the Royal Blood, but it falls apart because she can't keep them together via like internal splitting. And what little hold she still had um, post uh, destruction of Mandalore um, is now just completely gone. And it's interesting because we talked about the loyalty of the Mandalorian cult keeping them together, which is, if you think about it, historically through Mandalorians, is their greatest weakness, is they cannot and will not work together they can be beaten into submission every once in a while, like they were to fight against the Jedi, but are much happier fighting each other to the death. Um, and Bo-Katan is helpless against those forces. And we see her literally alone, not even her bodyguards anymore. And just acknowledging that she is not able to do what her sister was able to. Um, and at this point, I don't think she thinks that anyone can bring together the Mandalorians. That that seems right to me. It is an incredibly sad story for her as well, because 
she ultimately did nothing wrong in this. Mm-hmm. It's just that she has been a victim of circumstance. Yeah. She didn't get the sword in the right way. Right. Uh, we're going to get to that sword in just a minute, by the way. Um, but, Liz, I wanted to ask you, as as somebody who, like me, has only seen The Clone Wars once, who has you know a passing interest in these characters, and obviously Bo-Katan becomes much more a part of it in Rebels, is her char- does her character seem... Um, like well-rounded to you. I've seen some people online say basically that Bo-Katan is just like an emo Mandalorian, just just sad and uh, not really focused anywhere. I, I'm curious how you feel about that. Yeah, and I I, I want to start by saying I I love Katie Sackhoff as an actress. I think mainly because of Battlestar, um, which I I think maybe um, drives me to like Bo-Katan a bit more. Um, and I'll say perhaps in prior seasons, she seemed a bit like a a, a flat. I, I liked her, but she seemed like, you know, she was playing one particular role, one particular character. Um, and definitely in episode one, when we see her towards the end, um, I she seemed... Uh, <laughs> I feel like she had straight up just villain energy when she was sitting in that throne sideways yes, yeah. mm-hmm. talking to Din. And what I do like about her is I'm not sure what I'm supposed to think about her. Is she a threat to Din? And that's what I thought in the first episode. And that's what I thought when Grogu shows up um, when he arrives to help try and save Din. And I was kind of surprised that she went back to Mandalore and did save Din. But that whole time, I wasn't sure if I should trust her or not. And then she saved him a second time when he fell into that um, pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like there's a little more depth now with their relationship when he when she's talking about her father. And, you know, Din replies, you know, this is the way um, and shows her that respect. And they start to get to know each other a bit. And I, I really thought going into this that we would see conflict between Bo and Din. Um, and I know Matt mentioned, you know, there's this history of Mandalorians not being able to work together. They've been happier fighting. Um, and I, I kind of thought that there would be this battle between Bo and Din, you know, between maybe for the Darksaber, but maybe they'll find a way to work together. Um, and I feel like after the second episode, it's given me a little bit of hope that that's possible. So here is my Bo-Katan question. First of all, I, I agree with everything you said, Liz. I think this episode goes a long way to giving that character depth and making her interesting. I also think when we eventually will get more Rebels characters showing up on the show, it will also help her character out. Uh, specifically, I think when Sabine becomes a part of it we'll see oh yeah we know we know we're getting sabine don't we We know we're getting sabine as part of the ahsoka show oh so okay I, I presume at some point they're gonna mm-hmm. cross over you know um yeah but, i i am i'm holding holding out for fen rao that would be yeah i mean i i think we're gonna see a lot of mandalorians actually showing mm-hmm. up across these shows um but my question is about the dark saber so the dark saber can only be one in combat correct matt uh okay in this weird cult lore that we have now, yes, that was not what it really was before. Right, but that is what Bo-Katan that is what, that, that is the lore around it right now. That is why Bo-Katan cannot take it back, because it wouldn't mean anything to the Mandalorians, correct? But 
Din was bested in combat by that weird Cyclops android thing. And mm -hmm. then Bo-Katan bested the weird Cyclops android thing. Doesn't she get the Darksaber now? I don't I don't think that works out in uh, Mandalorian mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't see how it I, doesn't though. Because here's I, why. I, because, I, because, I agree. Because Din beat um I'm gonna call him bugging out instead of Gus, just to go with a different Giancarlo Esposito <laughs> role. Um she beat didn't beat him in combat for it. He didn't beat another Mandalorian for it. And so well, no, why is he, it... he was the rightful owner because he beat Bo Katan in combat. Right. Mm -hmm. But 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 so then Din's the rightful owner. That that Cyclops thing beat Din and then Bo Katan beat that thing. Does does it have to be a fight for the Darksaber itself? Do you have to announce it beforehand? No, because Din didn't realize he was fighting for the Darksaber. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so she should have it, right? It's over, yeah. done. Also, keep in mind, Sabine just found it. Yes, that is true also. Um... So it, yeah, I, I, I think that it's it doesn't carry enough weight to convince the other Mandalorians. Because I think that's, that's also what I find most interesting about Bo-Katan is she is probably the only character other than episode four Han who's a non-believer. Mm. Everybody else buys into whatever, you know, may the force be with you, this is the way, whatever your chosen belief set is, mm -hmm. the two of them both are jaded enough to be like, this is bullshit, the universe is crazy, you do what you want to do. I'm going to stay alive. May I add and, DJ from The Last Jedi to that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. What a, what a list. Yes. What, uh, what, August what a list. list yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even I yeah, that's so why I thought that juxtaposition between her and Din was so interesting when she's mm -hmm. talking about um I forget was it like coronation when she became princess or whatever and how it was just like Oh man, when she when she mockingly read that Mythosaur plaque Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do, I do find it interesting. It's, you know, I think that she knows that even though she clearly is a better wielder of it. Um, and as I dug in a little bit of research, Sabine had trouble originally using the Darksaber. But at that point, it's more portrayed by Kanan, who's teaching her to use it, that lightsabers in general are hard to use when your mind is not focused, when your heart is not true. Right. I don't know. But she clearly has focus of purpose because she chopped that dude up into a million pieces. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Yeah. Which, if you read the right internet onlines, they will stake their life in the fact that that is General Grievous, and that is a terrible it overreach. Is, it is not General Grievous. Grievous? I know. Yeah, they're like, they're like, they 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 took voice lines from the original films and uh, added them in. It's like what? Wow. Yeah. Look, I know this show will do anything to get you to point at the screen like Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood watching himself <clears throat> on TV. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes. <laughs> let, let let let's handle R five now. Um, <laughs> so there's no reason for this. There's no reason for this. This is the worst thing that Jon Favreau does as part of Star Wars. It's it has like I love the fact that the that one of the weapons that Din uses is the weapon that Boba Fett uses in this holiday special cartoon. That's mm -hmm. a great throwback that fans will see and understand what the average person doesn't need to worry about. R5 is a nothing character. 
He's that, rated for spelunking, Brian. Yes, that he's rated for spelunking. But now they're also making him into a coward. Like, fuck you. Why are you, why, why are you <laughs> slandering this droid for no reason? Um, but also, like, Din clearly hates droids. Well, that only... droid survived the Empire murdering all the Jawas he was with. Imagine what true. happened from that point forward in his life. <laughs> that is very true. That droid has seen some shit. Lay off him. <laughs> he has PTSD. He needs yeah. he needs to be relaxing, not going on to Mandalore. And like no. it just again, did she? <laughs> this whole ship is built so that there's a little. So so that first of all, basically, that ship is also the Homer, the car from The Simpsons that Homer designs when his long lost brother has a car company <laughs> and it has the bubbles on it. Like that yeah. is that is totally the Homer. And yeah. so. Um, Where was the IG groid going to go? That's my question. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no... I, I imagine his, his he legs just had the head the with him like um like helper in Venture Brothers. Well, like I don't Also, <laughs> like since since he's, a, since he's a droid, was his like his carcass was just the statue? Like that felt a little weird too. Yeah, it did. I just thought they were going to basically stick him up as far as it would go and just let his legs dangle at the bottom of the ship like was... I, I don't know. But all okay. And this is the problem with applying any sort of logic to anything with yes. Star Wars. If Din can just pressurize his helmet, then why does just he need go this? see what the atmosphere is? Also, Bo-Katan lives five minutes from Mandalore <laughs> That's true. and has never bothered checking to see yeah. if it is actually poisoned. Yeah. I will also say that they could have just taken a mouse droid and put a breathing apparatus. Like all I have to do is test the air. Yeah. The you can stand you it with your stupid ship. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's so dumb. They undo the little Homer bubble at the back. They um <laughs> they, they they slander a, a character that no one cared about and no one continues to care about. I I, I, I don't I don't get it. Will that droid be back, do you think? Like I mean he's he's on the surface waiting, right? So I yeah. guess so. Unless yeah. he's being unless, eaten by the unless characters they blow from up John... that ship again, right? Or, or he's eaten by the bad guys from John Carter from Mars. If you've ever read those books, those are clearly the uh, I forget the name of the characters now from John Carter from Mars, but uh, it's absolutely those characters. Um, but yeah, it's a um, <clears throat> the R five thing is bad. It's just bad, and that whole first scene with Amy Sedaris that seemed like. It was supposed to be at the end of the last episode because mm -hmm. it was more of the sort of recap getting you set for things. And then the episode yeah. should have started where it did. I um, wanna, I, I'll watch those. Put those in as five minute like webisodes. Yes. Break. Absolutely. Yes. I, w I would watch her and Joe scam people, you know, once a week for 10 minutes. Yes. Cool. I, I don't know why this is taking up precious playtime in this story where we hit fast forward on the important parts and linger on weird stuff. Yeah. So I, I do find it interesting. Like we were like Matt mentioned before how Bo-Katan is not a believer in curses or the force or anything. She's, she's very much the, the realist of the group. Right. Um, and it just totally unsentimental about a lot of these things. And I think that, what I found most interesting, like the, the takeaway that I took from this episode was that I I think that she's right in that Mandalore is not cursed, but I kind of think that Din is cursed. Like, oh. Everything he tries to do, he fails at. 
Mm-hmm. Like, think about this episode, okay? He gets out of the ship and is instantly jumped by these creatures that are not smart. He's supposed he's supposed to be a world class bounty hunter, and he cannot he cannot do it. Right? He he can't, he can't stop them. Mm-hmm. He is saved essentially by Grogu, and they get out of there. Then he's jumped by this other creature, and Grogu goes off, and Grogu saves him. Then Bo-Katan brings him down to the waters, and he's he's grabbed again. Like, he is just side... I keep making a million Simpsons references. He's sideshow Bob stepping on rakes everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah. Like, just every yeah. turn he takes is not working out for him. And I think everybody kind of recognizes this. Like, there was a scene with the armorer in the first episode where he tells her his plan to go to Mandalore, and she's like, you dummy, Mandalore is, is dead. And he's like, well, I'm going to do it. And she goes very sarcastically... This is the way, like yeah. you know, like she's just every everyone kind of thinks he's ridiculous. Everyone kind of thinks that he is foolhardy, that he is, uh, you know, he he is not taking things seriously, that he is overreaching his station. Like everything he's doing isn't working, and I wonder yeah. if that's because he is trying to go back to something he can never go back to. Like is is that what this is that the message here is that he can't go back to being one of those Mandalorians? Yeah, and I, I may, maybe yeah. maybe it's the wrong maybe it's the wrong Mandalorian group for him, or maybe mm-hmm. he needs to I don't maybe his purpose is to join all of the groups together. I mean, even in the beginning of that first episode, when all of the Mandalorians uh, that the group he belongs to are trying to kill that one, like, I don't know, giant space water alligator. There's supposed to be this great fighting <laughs> yeah. group of Mandalorians and they can't do it. They need right. didn't mm-hmm. show up in his ship. Um, Deuces Machina and just, it, and really save them. <laughs> they're, they're unable to, to do it themselves. Din S Machina, please. Yes, Din you got Machina. it. Din I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, yes. So I, I, you know, maybe what he's doing, you're right, isn't it, he doesn't need to rejoin um, his group. He doesn't need to be redeemed. His purpose is maybe something different. Yeah, I, part of me hopes that's the case because also may, maybe we're maybe we're in a slightly different world than we were in a couple of years ago when the Mandalorian first came out, but. Uh, we we cannot have the message be cults are good, right? Yes. Like, I, I mean, he is he is such a radicalized young man. Like, yeah, you know, like we see him broken in a state of arrested development and just willing to throw everything away to be part of this group of people who don't know not to bathe in an alligator pool. Right. Like, I that can't be the 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 route we go could i see him maybe taking on the role of the protectors as i mentioned fen rao who their job is to serve the rightful heir of mandalore and even if bogatan doesn't get the dark saber i think we were just introduced to the way that she can prove she is the mandalore um with the mythosaur right yeah, I mean, I you know, I I I think that there is there are so many options here for Din's character that are better than him going back there, mm-hmm. and I know that that is part of his hero's journey, right? That he has to figure this out himself. But I I I, I just felt like th- these episodes, in a way, were a step backwards in his development. Like at the end of season two, 
when he takes his mask off so Grogu can see his face before Grogu leaves, to me that is that is the moment of his rejection of of his ideology. That mm-hmm. he has found something that is more important to him than the rule that he can't take his mask off. Mm-hmm. Now, if we then got a season or two seasons of them separated and we could see him harden his heart to Grogu and say, no, I turn my back on my religion. This is more important than any human relationship. This isn't, this is an attachment of a Jedi idea, but I have to, I have to, I have to purge myself of this attachment in order to fulfill my rightful place. But he hasn't done that. His attachment to Grogu is stronger than ever and he still wants to go back to the cult. It just doesn't it doesn't feel logical to me. And I know that when when things are involving faith, logic is not always a play a part of it, but it just seems like supremely illogical to me. Yeah. I I do like the idea of this backslide of him as a character. Um and we see in both Bogotan and Boba Fett being like, oh, you're part of that crazy-ass cult. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, And if we see that as something he is working to overcome, I think that would be an interesting arc of this season. However, I worry that that is not the route we are going. Yeah, I don't don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, and I I mean, a backslide is ultimately realistic if we're thinking about it in terms of, you know, real life. Things don't always progress linearly. Um, But yeah, you know, in terms of a a TV show, I I don't know which way they're headed. It's also a TV show that only has eight episodes per season. Yeah. And we haven't had an episode from since December of 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. Or 2020, yeah, December of 2020 was. There's the only last. eight episodes. Yeah. Wow. And they're short. They're not. Oh my god. Episodes. How are, how are we a quarter of the way through? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that that's my point. That's why that first episode pissed me off so much because yeah. there are only eight chapters in this season, mm-hmm. and you know, and look, we know space is an issue. They had to give an episode and a half of Boba Fett to the Mandalorian to make this all work, right? We but know why that... not? Why not just make more episodes? I think again, there's probably a money the... involved with it. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I again, that it's the same thing with the weird release stuff. Like, it, it's your platform. You're making them. Right. Just do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 in theory, I am not opposed to shorter seasons of TV shows. Like, I think we all, we all grew up in the 22 episode era. Mm-hmm. And, like, even your favorite show would have a couple of filler episodes every season because 22 episodes mm-hmm. a year is an ungodly amount to, to force people to make. You but shut you could... your mouth. The Bad Batch racing episode. <laughs> That's only 16 episodes. Was gold. That's only 16 episodes a season. No, don't, don't, don't get That's 20. Fa- yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude. Do, you know, I think I think every season of The Sopranos, save the last, was thirteen episodes. Do thirteen episodes. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like again we wasted a lot of time on stuff that isn't really necessary. We all know where Grief Karga is. We don't need to see him again unless there's a reason to see him again. And I love that character, and there's plenty of reasons to see him, but we didn't really get one in episode one. 
Well, because we well we introduced the the pirates, which I'm sure we will never see again. Uh probably not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did like the little detail of Grief Cargo before I forget that he had like two little droids carrying mm. the end of his uh, cape. robe cape thing. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciated that quite a bit. He's he's become so quite a fop in his power, and I love it. Um, but yeah. Um, I, so I, before we wrap up, I do want to talk about the idea of Grogu as a Mandalorian. Now, obviously, there is this sort of vision of of, of Tar Vizsla, the Jedi Mandalorian, who you know it's his dark saber, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we've now seen Grogu essentially reject the Jedi Order because he has chosen to go off with Din instead of with Luke. And I'm sure that there will be other Force users will come into contact with with Grogu, and I'm sure that he will not abandon... I mean, we see him use the Force, right? So he has not abandoned his connection to the Force the way that Luke does in The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. But it seems like he has sort of thrown in his lot with Din, and he is set to become a Mandalorian. But it seems to me like he is the worst possible candidate to be a Mandalorian. Like, and granted, he is a child, and so he can grow out of certain things. But he seems to like the way that he interacts with Amy Sedaris's character. Seems that he genuinely like, and the way that he sits and grow in uh, Din's lap when they fly. Like, mm-hmm. he has a clear attachment to people and a warmth about him that people react. People notice. How much he is a, uh, for lack of a better word, a people person, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem like a great candidate to go under a mask and do not show emotion. Agree. And I don't think Din sees that at all. No, I agree. <laughs> he sees him as a perfect little Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, We're also talking about a grown man whose best friend is a baby. So. Yes. Well, <laughs> perhaps a reason why Din will reject his his sect because we just can't put Grogu in a in a helmet all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, for for marketing, they would never allow that. Like, well, that's, that's the thing. Right? That's, exactly, that's, that's you can't the worst do decision it. you could do. Um, oh, and you can buy a lot of T-shirts with him uh, wearing a Mandalorian helmet online. So I, I'm sure they already exist in the thousands. <laughs> yes, um, but you know, I, I found it interesting that Bo-Katan says to Din, uh, sorry, says, says to Grogu, like, "You're a good little Mandalorian. You're quite the navigator." And so, I, I think that there is a way for him to be Mandalorian without being Din era. Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's what I think is interesting in the the <clears throat> timeline we're in right now, and the characters we've teased right now, because we have Jedi and Mandalorians, very hardline believers in their um, paths, but we also in both of those have alternate views of things. We have Bo-Katan, we have Sabine, we have Ahsoka, um, we have Ahsoka. Um, plus possibly others, question mark. Um, But we have these alternate paths. And I think if this show becomes less about, you know, your birthright on Concordia versus choosing your path and protecting the ones that matter to you, I think that's the message I want to see coming from here. Yeah. And I think that that is somewhat consistent with what happens to religions in general. I mean, there are always going to be hardline extremists in all religions. But mm-hmm. if you look at how the average Jewish person, the average Muslim, the average Christian lives, they are not living an extremist standpoint. 
They are taking mm-hmm. the things that work for them from those belief systems, and they are applying them to their lives. And there are certain things that they reject from those belief systems, and it doesn't necessarily excommunicate them from identifying as insert religion here just because they have a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Luke. It's funny because Luke, when we meet him in the Last Jedi, has essentially taken on. Ahsoka's opinions, which is so fascinating because we now know that they spent time together. But mm-hmm. he's he talks about how you shouldn't trap the force into the force doesn't belong to the Jedi, right? And that's essentially Ahsoka's position. And mm-hmm. so even if it took a while, Luke comes around to a less fanatical belief in his in his faith. Um, you know, the the rank and file Mandalorians, wherever they exist in the galaxy aren't the way that Din is. So it's not like they need to really establish these less extreme sects of the of the belief systems. They just need to introduce Din to it. <laughs> like they just yeah. they, they just need to convince him that pardon the pun, this is the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Good point. Do we do we think that so I, I don't know if either of you saw John Favreau's said that essentially he believes we are reaching the midway point in the Mandalorian story. Mm. Not not the story of Mandalorians, of this show, essentially. That he said he tends to think there's gonna be he didn't quite say the way I read it was that season four is the midpoint. So we're talking like seven or eight seasons of this show. Mm-hmm. Can do you think they're gonna drag out Din trying to be a part of his old crew again for all that time or is that this season's story uh, I um, I um, I think it depends and this is the very like um, you know commercial pessimist of me it depends on if Bogotan gets a spinoff I I my honest thought on that is I think we're going to get essentially live action rebels sequel. Mm-hmm. I think after Ahsoka debuts, we're gonna see like a lot of those characters show up, and we're gonna see essentially a sequel to that. And I think Bo-Katan fits in with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, d- d- oh man, I also want a de-aged Ewan McGregor. I think uh, with makeup he could look young could do that as as um as him and satin mm-hmm. oh, oh so you want to see a flashback to that mm-hmm. oh okay. huh you just want it because it would be sexy matt come on <laughs> <That> <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing more than you and mcgregor <laughs> sexing it yeah you just want to see a dh and mcgregor boning down <laughs> who did who did her voice on uh on rebels it was somebody famous wasn't it i forget yeah uh, talk amongst yourselves for a second while I look this up. <laughs> but yeah, I do. I, 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 and part of me would love to believe that they have some sort of thing moving forward, but this is also the franchise we saw decide to make a trilogy of films without ever writing a storyline for them beyond the next movie. So I don't. I can't imagine that they're story arcs for the television show are really uh that much clearer so well i don't i my one argument with that is i think that john favreau is a pretty fastidious filmmaker like mm-hmm. he said he's already written season four that's already done okay 
So I, I think that possibly he could be a little bit different. Um, let's see who voiced it. Who voiced it? Who voiced it? Who voiced it? Come on. Can't find my this. hope. My hope is it's just this season. But again, the seasons are so short. Yes. I don't know. I guess depending on mm-hmm. how they do it, I, I guess yeah. it goes into next season. It would. So it would, we would have four more seasons, and how many sub seasons? How many because... Boba Fett episodes are we gonna get? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're getting we're getting Book of Boba Fett for some reason. You could have Book of Other People. Yeah. By <laughs> the way, it was uh, somebody named Anna Graves, not somebody famous. I thought there was a famous oh. person who did that voice. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, I I mean I hope like Liz, I hope this is the end of this storyline. It just seems like it's not. I don't know. My my like theory that I haven't said out loud yet about this show is that we've misunderstood the title the whole time and that the, it's referring to Grogu mm. that he's the Mandalorian and the show is going to be about building him into the Mandalorian and um, I'm cool with that but I don't need more of the the cultists I, I don't need them yeah. mm-hmm. um, as interesting as I think they were in the beginning I think they've grown tiresome. Yeah. I, well, I do, yeah, 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 I agree. I do like the armor as a character. Yes, I do as well. But I also think that there's a, like, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. There's only so many stories you can tell with the armor before it just becomes yeah the same thing we've seen a hundred times before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Will we see teenage Grogu alongside um Finn and Ray See that's they they have said that they know where Grogu was during the sequel trilogy now that could be six feet under, right? I mean, it, you know, we don't we, we don't we don't exactly know. Um, yeah, he'll he'll just ride a space whale into the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, the question is, do do the people want to see a grown up Grogu? I think that's the real question. Well, I mean, grown up is a is is a uh, is an interesting term because we know that when we see Yoda, even when we see Yoda at his youngest, like right now in the. Um, the High Republic series takes place about 200 years before uh, Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. He's still like 680 years old. Does there. he still talk like yes, Yoda? He yeah, he does. So does does Yoda just have like traumatic brain injury? I think and Yoda's just, just a weirdo. He's just a hipster. Just, because Yaddle doesn't talk like that. No, no she doesn't. <laughs> or I don't know, at some point, like 500 years in, their brain just starts to... Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that could certainly <laughs> be the case. Um, but yeah, so like, I, I, I don't know when we, when you say grown up Grogu. Well, I, I guess I should rephrase and say less adorable. Right. Um, I mean, to oh. be fair, like this is. I don't want them to make a hot Grogu. <laughs> oh no, Matt. Ugh. Listen, you, we, we all saw what happened with Space Jam, okay? <laughs> and the M and M's. It's true. We know if he's not cute, he needs to be sexy, and I don't like that. See, here, here's the thing, right? I have no faith that humanity will exist in 700 years from now. But they could, <laughs> they could just age him in real time and make Star Wars last forever. Yeah, <laughs> it's like 24. It just exactly. Yes, we're just, we're watching Grogu age over the next 700 years. 
He's apparently learning to speak, which is cool. Yes, and he's he, the, we've established he is in his early fifties. Um, <laughs> in terms of like, because they say he was fifty in the first season. They they say that he is fifty years old. Mm-hmm. So we we know that he is approaching, you know, uh, middle age for humans, but uh, you know, certainly still young for his uh, mm-hmm. for his race, which we still don't know the name of that race or species or whatever. Um, no. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they should just they should just make him age in real time and just let us uh, enjoy Grogu over the next you know seven hundred years. Mm. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on the Mandalorian episodes one and two? <sighs> um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I I am interested to see what sort of what shape this season takes. I feel like the first episode was was definitely not really part of the story right it was getting us to the place where we could tell that story i feel like this episode was the first one that gave us any sort of idea of like what the actual season will be so now i'm interested to see what the what the actual story for this season is going to be mm-hmm. agreed shocker it's all about baba frick well yeah. yep <laughs> hey that would that, it would be adorable it would be <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a little bob at a boopities. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next time. And remember, until then, the force will be with you always. Mm-hmm.